I'm not born in the Caribbean. I don't own a distillery, but I think I've got enough in me, enough Caribbean DNA to really feel justified in in trying to get people to join the rum revolution. Welcome to the Lush Life Podcast. I'm your drinking companion, Susan Schwartz, and I bring you the how-to guide for living life one cocktail at a time. Thanks to my mother's love of martinis, the first words I spoke were shaken, not stirred, and I've been obsessed by cocktails ever since. Together, we'll learn from bartenders, brand ambassadors, distillers, and others why certain drinks are popular in certain cultures, how to make the perfect old-fashioned, when to shake and when to stir, and so much more. Hear that sound? It's time to cozy up to the bar and let the fun begin. It doesn't always follow that spending summers in the Caribbean means you're going to leave your job to launch a new rum though it did for our next guest, George Frost, whose passion for Anguilla is in every sip of his rum, the Duppy Share. He's with us today to share how, as the youngest brother of three, his first love was hospitality. I suppose anyone with siblings out there is the youngest of three, um, and anyone with siblings is you're either trying to annoy or impress, I think, your brother's. And we're three boys. And um, I was definitely the latter. And, yeah, I kind of remember having a, a sort of napkin over my, sho- over my shoulder, like a sort of pub barman, and going in and asking what they wanted. I, would have, I was about five. They were about seven or an eight. So they weren't quite on the, on the rum yet. But, yeah, running off and, and basically, yeah, trying to, trying to make them happy, trying to appease them. And I suppose that is my first baby steps into the hospitality industry, which I am now very proud to say I'm a part of. Great. So, yeah. So did you ever think a little later on, oh, wait, this is something that I um, loved doing when I was young and now all of a sudden I've found myself in it? I think it's, I think it wasn't necessarily the hospitality angle. I think the the lead thing, I worked at quintessentially the kind of luxury lifestyle group for a long time and, and was fortunate to, enough to work with and launch a couple businesses. I think brands have always fascinated me. I think the booze world has always been one that I've felt very at home in and I've always loved to to have drink and to socialise with drink. I know that it's sort of alcohol, booze, whatever you want to call it, is kind of seen as this world that you can't necessarily talk about and you can't necessarily be, be seen to be a fan of it. Um, but I've always been fascinated by, by you know, getting groups of people together and naturally sharing drinks with one another. And more often than not, that leads to a lot more fun and excitement than a world where it would be the same but without alcohol. So I think it was a combination, really, of brands, of alcohol, and certainly of business, and something that I could really grow. And, you know, we all have exotic and fun and mostly terrible ideas, but it's exciting that when you can apply those to something 
that you can really tangibly see it grow or shrink, but on the whole, grow, I suppose. Mm. And so when you were at university, were you mm. just thinking, mm, you studied at economics, right? Yes, at Newcastle, the Oxford of the North, for those <laughs> who don't know it. Right, of course. Yeah. Um, and home of coal. Right? Yes, and coal, yeah, indeed. Home of coal as well. Um, were you thinking, I mean, was, was studying economics... Um, something that you just thought, oh, I'll do this because I'm a university, I don't know what else to do? Or was it always with the idea of, oh, maybe in the back of my head, I'll do something in business? I I think it was, I think I learned my lesson from not knowing what I wanted to do from back at school. I had to decide on my last AS level, as they were. I think they've gone back to being called A levels, but AS level. And I asked mum, stupidly, what should I do? And she said, do history of art, you'll love it. And without really thinking further, I did History of Art. I completely hated it and I got a D. So I very quickly decided, well, this requires a little bit more thought than than what happened at Air Science. Economics is funny because, and I always tell people this now, is that economics itself, I think, is more like a, a degree for scientists and mathematicians. Because it's so, or at least at university at, at Newcastle or other people that I've spoken to, it's all about regression analysis. It's all about, whereas actually the course which would have been the most beneficial would have been business. But for whatever reason, business has this like tarnished reputation of being sort of an easier one. And I always joke with my mate Streets who did do business that that was the case. But actually, if I went back now, I would have loved to have done business where you do you really do grow brands and you do you do kind of um, case studies on on brands that have gone into markets and shaken up that industry or whatever it might be. So, yeah, so I did do economics. It wasn't rushed. And I think I did do it based upon I based in my head, perhaps had it as business, but I just chose economics and turned out to be absolute hell living living, breathing hell. Did you ever say, oh, I wish I'd done that art history thing again? Yeah. I mean, Jesus, ways of seeing in when I was sitting in regression analysis, I would have bitten anyone's hand off for that. But I mean, like, give me a Caravaggio Rembrandt any day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I could have probably drawn one. I would have found drawing a Rembrandt or Canaletto easier than, than doing one half of one course in regression. But then you went on to do something business-like. Yes. With, was quintessentially your first... Yes, it was. My, my, funnily enough, it's, it's kind of gone full circle because Ben Elliott, who's the founder of Quintessentially, is a, he was a friend, but he was, he was a very close friend of a very close friend of mine. And he sweetly said, he saw something in me that I don't think anyone else has ever seen. And he said, come and give me a shout when you, when you finish. He's uni. not much older than you. No, well, <laughs> looks good. He looks good for his age, or I look bad. <laughs> he maybe he's, doesn't need to do he's so about, much He's about 50, I think. Oh. No, he's not. Oh, sorry, he's I didn't mean, oh, no. <laughs> um, But basically, he, he, so I started in, our, in our, the Soho, Soho house, no, in quintessentially Soho uh, members, which was on, on the corner of Greek Street and Soho Square. Um, and then I came in-house where I followed, followed a great guy called Ollie Joyce, who was then head of new businesses. And then, um, I, and then he went off to pursue a business with Inquin Centrally. So I did that. And it was basically managing all of our sister businesses. We had 17 at the time. Um, so that was from Quintessentially Flowers. And so I got a huge amount of experience very, very quickly. Um, and then there'd always been this Quintessentially education, which was tutoring and getting placements for students 
bubbling away in the background and I took that on and with Charles Bonus um, and uh, Ed Wellesley, Wellesley um, I, I sort of set that up I suppose and we helped along with that for six months and then next was quintessentially covered which was insurance which I'm incredibly proud of it was it's a wicked wicked business but I think even after however seven minutes you know that I'm not necessarily uh, born to be an insurance magnate so I after about a year I then remember very clearly being in the quintessentially offices uh, in a meeting room thinking I'll never be able to give my kids the the growing up the growing up yeah the growing up that that I had and if there's ever a time to roll the dice and see come on let's let's give it a crack it's when you're 26 and you know you've got enough energy to give and not a whole lot to lose um what was what was this growing up idea that you wanted to give your kids that you had uh I think it's I think it's um you know we were very fortunate I suppose we were so fortunate growing up that we were able to go on holidays to the Caribbean now I know this sounds convoluted but had I not been able to do that I wouldn't be I wouldn't have the vehicle that I've got now to hopefully make make enough out of it to give that to children if I'm lucky enough to have that so I think it's just you know not necessarily to to obviously mimic my childhood but to give to my my give the choice that I had when I was younger into what I wanted to go into to my kids as I had it when I was younger Mm -hmm. as mum and dad had had given to all of us and you thought by starting your own company I thought two things and Ben might well hear this eventually but two things was that Ben is a is a very sage person and he didn't necessarily give away enough that would have led to me being able to do it. I'm not saying it should be given for free. Um, uh, act quintessentially. Mm-hmm. And also, I just, you know, I think that when in business you've always got to be, or in your career, whatever that career is, you've got to have something you're really dreaming of and going for. Otherwise, you just end up kind of semi-plateauing, I suppose. And this came along at the perfect time. Um, and, yeah, I, I was very, very transparent with Ben. I didn't know what I was going to do but I hated the idea of staying at quintessentially and also working on the rum idea or whatever the idea was at the same time so I I made sure that all of the things that quintessentially covered all of the the deals had got signed and then went and told him and like any great boss he I think felt that the timing was right as well and now we come full circle because fingers crossed Ben is now going to be, become a big part of uh, Duppy Share which makes me feel very proud but thankful that he is sort of again showing faith in me I suppose so it shows I haven't done I haven't messed up everything (laughs) (laughs) yeah you haven't yeah um now, from insurance to yes. I'm going to create my own rum. That's a big step. That's a good book title. Yeah. <laughs> yes, insurance to rum. Yeah. Uh-huh. So was rum something that you always drank? You said that you yeah. loved having people around or having a night where people were drinking. Yeah. Was rum part of that always or was it any drink? I think rum, I've always loved rum. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, I often tell people that's not a reason to launch a rum. Well, that's not a reason to work in sport if you love sport. You know, you can keep the two things different. But I think what what it was for me was that real, genuine love of the Caribbean. I think every single um, happy, happy memory I can think of 
be it happy, funny, um, or kind of entertaining in another way, always was in the Caribbean. Particularly with my family, we, as, um, as we were talking about earlier before we started, Anguilla was a massive, massive part of my um, childhood holidays and, and thinking of good times. So I think it was rum and Caribbean, not one, not the other, um, that really kind of gave me enough confidence that this was something that I could go for. Because I think that, you know, I'm I'm not born in the Caribbean, I don't own a distillery, but I think I've got enough in me, enough Caribbean DNA to really feel justified in in trying to get people to join the rum revolution. Because it's not just I want people to be drinking more rum, I want people to 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 really drink a rum which embodies what I think is so great about the Caribbean. So yeah, so it was a kind of melting pot of all of those things. I think I didn't have a eureka moment, but I think the closest thing I got to was finding the name. Um, and that's kind of when everything kind of fell together. But I think again, that, that insurance to rum, rum gave me that opportunity to have the North Star as it were. Because I think that my broad kind of I smile as I say this macro analysis because I know that sounds ridiculous. But sounds my like broad, you econ. yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to spot a Rembrandt, but I can't remember that. Um, was that there is a massive gap, and I think it's still true in in a rum that is both premium and 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 delicious, but also fun. I think it's there's a a quagmire of of young, fun, exciting brand. No, sorry, young and kind of jovial brands, the Captain Morgans, the um, Bacardi's, the Sailor Jerry's, but I feel that the, the Caribbean deserves more. I think, I I hope that, that Ivan Meniz's Mr. Diageo isn't listening to this because I look at Sailor Jerry and, sorry, Captain Morgan, what am I talking about? Captain Morgan, and I, I see the branding that they do and the advertising that they do, and, and rum deserves better than that. And if that's going to be a flag bearer of rum then frankly it's got to be a hell of a lot better. Um, because there are so many... And one thing I always have to correct people is there are so many incredible people in the, the world of rum, ranging from Ian Burrell, who's a global rum ambassador, who I challenge you to find someone with more air miles or who works as hard as he does. There's um, We're very fortunate that our Barbados rum comes from Richard Seals' distillery Foursquare. He is... He, his religion is rum, and it's about... And the God that he tries to tell people about is rum done right. And that is not with loads of sugar added. That is not with loads of spices added. That is just deliciously crafted and made rum. Um, And then there's so many influential people on trade as well that it deserves more. It deserves more than people to think, oh, rum, that's just that sweet Captain Morgan's. And Captain Morgan, by the way, is was based on a guy called Henry Morgan, who was perhaps and drink like a captain. Henry Morgan was perhaps one of the most vitriolic and horrible people the world has ever known. He was a rapist. He was a you know he he was a pirate. Obviously, he stole for a living. So I don't know. I just find a real. I, it frustrates me that I know that so many people work so hard in the rum industry, and yet people think it's Captain Morgan. But um, Richard actually, funnily enough, started the Guardians of Rum Society um, literally to do that, to kind of put rum on the pedestal it deserves to be on. And I think it's really working. Alex 
um, Kong, who, who's who's the guy who does our um, Alex Alexander Kong, who's the guy who does our um, Jamaican rum. Again, they, they're the same belief. So. God, I can't even remember what that was an answer to. Answer to <laughs> the best answer. Me either, but I have lots more. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say while you were going on is that <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't mean that in a bad. Whilst I was. Um, no, chatting. while you were. No, while you were discussing how passionate it shows how passionate yeah. you are. Um, so there is all of this going on in Rome. Mm. Okay. Yes. While you were talking, I was thinking, God, he's talking about so much mm. of this. How did you know went on those steps from insurance to rum? Number one, that rum was going to be the thing um, that was going to take you away from the insurance, yeah. but also where to even start with all these rums and islands? Did you go back to Anguilla? I'm asking you lots of questions. No, no, no. I like but them because it, that, they're sequential. Uh, so I, I think, where did I start? How did I know the rum was going to be the next thing? That's luck. You know, you can take, you take five people who made decisions at the time I did of leave and set their own thing up. You take 100, 99 of them will get unlucky and the world doesn't work for them. I just got very, very lucky. I think a lot of people can focus on business people and they can listen to the tales that they tell. Number one thing that links them all together is they've been very, very lucky. So I think that, I can say, is only luck uh, and luck alone. Um, In terms of where to start, I was very fortunate that the rum industry is just that, a rum industry. It's kind of... it's. It's one in that you can get to partner with some of the most incredibly talented people relatively easily. I thank pretty much our entire early growth to two people, two women. One is um, Heather Graham, and I always have to call her Heather Graham, not that Heather Graham. Um, and she was uh, former marketing director of, uh, of William Grant, and she introduced me to the various players in the rum industry. Um, both in terms of rum liquid and and also in terms of of marketing. And then the second um, is my, uh, well, she was my co-founder, who is no longer as active in the business, is Jessica Swinfen, who was at Innocent Drinks for a long time. So with, I suppose, what Heather Heather gave is is opened the, the, the gate to a pathway of creating the product. And what Jess did was overlay her obsession with creating a great product with the network that that Heather could open um, and and together with me kind of taking all the credit whenever I could um, together they created the Duppy Share spirit and I'll have them to thank and uh, for however long this this incredible journey goes on for that and broadly in terms of the islands that you mentioned we wanted the first thing that we did was we wanted a blended rum and the reason we wanted a blended rum was because we wanted a taste that was unique, but also a taste that, that was the right vehicle for us to get the duppy going places. Because we couldn't have a rum that was super, super authentic and Jamaican, for example, very harsh, high esters, and then be able to be this rum for, for not for all people, but to be a rum that people wanted to enjoy in a number of different cocktails. At the same time, we needed a rum that wasn't completely Bayesian and wasn't, wouldn't just sort of fade into a rum and coke, for example. So we needed those two um, levers. And then it was up to Jess and up to Carson, our incredible master blender, to create something that was unique, because that's important, but was something that really reflected what we wanted it to taste like. And Jess came up with the, um, the concept of a duppy spider, a taste spider, 
And we basically had 11 levers, so oakiness, um, strength, perceived alcohol, sweetness. Um, and Jess and I tasted just about every rum under the sun, which was hugely daunting, ma- majorly courageous, the majorly courageous of us. Um, and we came up with what our duppy spider was. And what that is, which hopefully one will taste later, was, um, you know, you could tell it was alcohol, but it wasn't too strong. Um, it had real nice oakiness, because I'll come to the name a bit later, but that was important. Um, that it was nice honey buttery finish. And we basically built this spider, gave it to Carsten, our magician, rum magician, and he created what was the Duppy Shen. Now that process was nine months. That was a, a very arduous process, very exciting pro- progress, very hangover inducing progress. Luckily, I don't get hangovers though. And, um, you know, we're delighted with the spirit that, that came out the end of it um, because it's something that, that trade and consumers alike love. So, you know, they did a good job on that. How was your rum education before those nine months? Uh, it was, is that nice? Is that not nice? You know, yeah. it was kind of like, like so we were kind all of eat- trial by fire. Yeah. Really. Yeah, it was. I mean, I kind of, I loved rum, but I didn't, I didn't. I couldn't tell you anything more than that. I couldn't tell you how old they were. I couldn't tell you what they were aged in. Um, and actually, to, to again give Jess full credit for this, is I remember Raj, who was a kind of my best industry mate, I suppose, at the time. And he was sort of going along the journey with me. And I had in this sort of vial what I thought was Duppy Share, you know, the, the final one. I was so excited. We were in Soho House. And I undered the top, had a swig. I was like, yeah, that's great handed it over to him he had a swig and he was like dude whew, yeah it's good but that's strong I was like yeah you know and I was saying about why we wanted that Jamaican strength and he goes no no pa- pass me back and I was giving it him to him neat at 72% alcohol <laughs> and you're meant to order it down I love that you thought it was fine yeah I mean that's it I mean my I have not a palate of, of akin to just about anyone else's um, but I think you know I think that's what what we don't and Jess is again a, um, a a believer in this is we we weren't about talking about the notes and talking about the you know really getting deep in a deep dive into all of these sort of crazy it tastes of black currants. So yes, I should have known it was sixty six percent, but seventy two percent. But at the same time, I suppose I not only are quite rough and ready when it comes to drinking rum, but also that it was something that I wasn't necessarily one hundred percent tuned into. So, you have this liquid. Yes. Okay. Did you have the name before? I think we did, but maybe for the romance of this delicious conversation, <laughs> we had it afterwards. We had it, let's say that, we had a liquid, but we needed a name. You know, right? Yeah. No, we had the name. We had, you the, had, name. The, name. We had the name. All yeah. right, why don't you tell everyone? Yeah, so that... Even the, though they can find it out. The right? name is hilarious because I, as anyone will know, and actually, again, I've got to stop talking about Jess, Charlie will be getting jealous, but... She worked at Innocent, and I can't remember, I think they were days before going to print, as it were, they were going to be called the Fresh Green Tractor, you know, and it's so crazy to think of it now, um, or the Fresh Tractor, or something like that. But Wait, the name of the realm was going to be the no, Fresh? No, 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 the name of Innocent, you know Innocent? Oh, oh Innocent, yeah. Innocent was, was going like, to be that. And Hendrix was going to be Hargreaves, okay. you know, and, and it's crazy to look back on it now, uh-huh. but, you know, it's, it's always a kind of complex process. And I basically had gone through a load of different names. Quickly, Bombonate, because it means to buzz lightly, which I like that as a Caribbean vibe. 
the Windrush, because Empire Windrush in, was the boat in 1948 to bring the first Caribbean people over to the UK. But it led to 10 years of horrible, horrible, yeah. horrible racism. Um, but also, as a mate of mine said, it sounds like a fart. And so as soon as I said that, I was like, yeah, that's, that's out the window. Um, then music-related ones, Scar, uh, Reggae, loads of, loads of names. And all of them I could have probably gone with, but none of them really kind of smashed home what we were trying to do. And then a mate of mine took me to this bar in East London... Uh, it was underground. It was like um, uh, a sort of secret pop-up called Portside Parlour. And there's a guy there set talking, giving a rum talk. And he was saying, there's a concept in whiskey. And by this time, I was like, the names are drowning me. I'm having a night off, you know. And the guy was saying, there's a name. Um, there's this, as whiskey is aging in the barrel, some of it evaporates. And it's said to go off to the angels. They call that the angel shit. And I was like, he could have been talking about sort of French football. And I still wouldn't have known but then I heard him say, but that's not what they think in the Caribbean. They think that these crazed spirits called duppies come along, steal the best of the rum, and then go and have a massive party. And then he was going off onto the next thing, and I suddenly put my hand up, and I was like, what's that called? What's that called? He said, that's weird. No one's actually ever asked me that before. It's called the duppy share. And as soon as I heard that, um, I immediately knew not only that it was the name, but also that it was the right name to put, you know, had I had a house, I would have mortgaged my house on it. That I, I fell for that name in that heartbeat 100%. And I always thank my mate who, who took me. I always say that I'm going to give them a, a duppy share in the company, which I will do. Um, but it kind of, you know, everyone will have had that moment, you know, when they're really wedded to something. And I rushed home after the rest of the fascinating talk, I rushed home, uh, checked on the internet that it was true, um, checked on the internet that it hadn't been taken, and then that was that. Woke up, and I had a name for this rum brand. I Very hate, embryonic rum brand. I hate to do this, but you know how you said earlier Captain Morgan was the meanest, most awful yes. person? A duppy doesn't sound no. so nice! You're right? so right. This is, and actually, as I say, with hindsight, hindsight's yes. a powerful thing, so... I, um, so Ian's, when I first took my kind of financial business partner, Django, um, real name Django, to Ian's bar called Camden's in, Cotton's in Camden, um, I went to the bar with 40 quid and I said to the barman who was there, take me on a tour of the Caribbean in taste, in, in spirit. And the, that guy is a complete legend, probably our first duppy conqueror, which we call kind of any ambassador. Duppy Conqueror is a great Bob Marley song, and I'm sure you know it's brilliant. Anyway, he, um, from that moment, became our first kind of real proper um, ambassador, I suppose, um, and, and always helpful and always offering his time. He's a great, great guy and Arsenal fan too. And um, he uh, said, when we then went back to him and said Duppy Share, he was just not like, haha, not, hmm, you can't call it that. And I was like, I know what Duppy means. Duppy is a uh, Jamaican ghost. And as you referenced, they're properly feared Jamaican ghosts. But two things. One, that that is the view of the more traditional um, Jamaicans. And two, I think if we deal with it with respect and also we deal with it with, um, with uh, you know, a sense of humour... And uh, we deliver a product that any Jamaican would be 
proud to call their own in terms of their island liquid, then I think that it it does more good than damage. It, it's something that can really not only selfishly give us a give us a, a raison d'être or a kind of reason to be synonymous with Jamaica beyond the liquid, but but also it allows a lot more Caribbean cultural references to be hopefully seen via how we do things at Duppy. Um, so yeah, you're 100% right, and we get... I'd say there are one in a 100 people who come up to our stand at sort of trade shows go, you know, they they sort of knock, knock you on the shoulder and say as though they're the first person in the world to have said it. They're like... You do know what a duppy is, don't you? And we're like, yeah, yeah, we don't. This wasn't just a co- right. complete coincidence. <laughs> but they're right, you know, and, and and without fail, not a single one, once we explain why it's called that and what, what we're doing, has any issue with it whatsoever. But yeah, right at the beginning, we weren't going to do it. But now looking back and seeing all of those amazing conversations we have with Jamaicans about it, you know, and then they're like, get me a picture, I'm going to show my mum, and you know that. And we particularly love when we when we find people who are either guys going out or parents who is one is Barbados, one is Jamaica, and then, then we call that the duppy couple. <laughs> the duple. No, that doesn't work. Now, I hear you're a big fan of punch. Yes, okay. love punch. And that this is another reason you wanted Rom mm. to bring Rom into the future, more punch, looking yeah. backwards towards punch. And yeah. you know, I, I think and I could be wrong of punch as being a very English American drink. So you know? yeah. So how does that kind of blend with rum being a very Caribbean alcohol? It's a good question. I think I think the main thing is that a rum punch the reason we love it is because it's rough and ready. You know, it's not for the bartenders with, um, uh, you know, moustaches the, the kind of size of my face. Um, even though we love them. Even though we love them. We love them. Um, but it's not for them. And, and we've got to be in clear in that. Rum, for me, is something to be enjoyed by the masses, to be enjoyed quickly, to be enjoyed easily. And a punch is all of those things, you know. And you're right, punches originally weren't rum at all. You know, they were they originally used, you know, some great kind of old landowners of the past of examples of gallons upon gallons of punch. And one one example, which I'll have to get the name for you afterwards, is someone who had his entire pond made into punch and had the server in a boat going round ladling it into people's glasses. So yeah, so a punch I is an English thing. I would have invited to that party. Yeah, and actually, funnily enough, the point in punch that we love is not necessarily the ornamental bowl and the, and the ladle. It's qu- quickly put together drinks that can be enjoyed by a large number of people. If you go to Pigeon Point in, in Trinidad, sorry, in Tobago, they will be there, in my eyes, drinking punch. But what it is, is they're coolers, they open the coolers, chuck them in the sea... They may be drinking beer, they'll have rum and they'll have juice and they'll slop it into their glasses. Now that to me is a punch as well. Now punch And comes they do from... call it the punch. Yes, but exactly. But I always think of that as, oh, that's, you know, that's and something they've made up for the tourists. Yes, and it's also, it's also um, another thing that we liked about it is that you think of punch as being quite an out-of-date cliché. And that's why we want to turn it on its head. Like we, we were instead serving our punch at the Mobos to people like Idris Elba two months ago, you know, that's kind of 
signal of the fact that we shouldn't necessarily be constrained of what punch used to be and for us we just love it and and the word punch you know it's sanskrit for five and a proper punch should have five ingredients but it's also a punch and it packs a punch and that's what drinks should be about and we don't want to be the ones who are who are you know seedlit ben as you've interviewed one of the most inspirational brilliant guys amazing story and my darling brother miles also didn't drink um, but we don't want to be the ones who are low cal. You know, I think people overlook quite what a ridiculous stretch of luck we all needed to even be on this planet, let alone to still be on this planet. And I think people have got to enjoy and make the most of each and every day that they have. And if that comes from drinking lots of alcohol, go drink lots of alcohol. Don't worry about it. And, you know, for me personally... Some of my greatest nights, greatest memories are not thanks to alcohol, but let's say that if I was the leading actor, then alcohol was certainly the supporting lead. And, you know, I've thanks to alcohol, for example, um, you know, a, a relationship with a girl started with us both being so drunk, we did something that we probably wouldn't have done sober, but it led to an enormous amount of happiness and laughs. And I think that that. <laughs> long-winded answer to your question is where punch is great because it doesn't take itself too seriously you don't have to wait four to five minutes whilst a lemon peel is slowly sort of char grilled you just get the drink and you drink it and that's a, i think that's what the joy of rum is that's the joy of carnival it's plastic cups it's that sloshing of booze and it's it's exciting and it's it's different and i think also that is how rum is different. You know, you you take anything that I just spoke about and put gin in. I love gin. I love everything that that all of those incredible guys like Sam Goldsworthy have done with gin. But it's not that. You know, vodka, it's not that. Whiskey is certainly not that. That's rum. And that's rum has got to, in my eyes, reflect the energy of the Caribbean and also have that level of quality that is superb enough to make those punches possible because that wouldn't work with a bad spirit um, so that's why I like punch sounds good to me should we have some? yes alright let's go okay. let's see what happens the next time you feel like heading to the Caribbean turn on the Bob Marley song Duppy Conqueror pop open a bottle of the Duppy Share and invite over a few friends no need to leave the house Thanks so much to George for joining us and for sharing some of his with me. The Duppy Share works so well alone, but also in our Cocktail of the Week. Although we both love our punch, George and I picked a daiquiri for the Cocktail of the Week. It's the Duppy Share's Ginger Daiquiri. Pour all the following ingredients into a shaker... 35 mLs of the Duppy Share, 25 mLs of the King's Ginger Liqueur, 15 mLs of lemon juice, and 10 mLs of sugar syrup. Add ice to the shaker and shake, shake, shake. Then strain into a coupe. As easy as that, you're on the beach in the Caribbean. You'll find this recipe and all the cocktails of the week on alushlifemanual.com where you'll also find all the ingredients in our shop. If you want to find out more about where to drink rum punch, 
check out bestbitsworldwide.com's post on the island of Grenada, where we drank loads of them. Next week, we'll be headed to Colombia in South America, visiting La Hichera Rum in Barranquilla and all the bars we can in Bogota and Cartagena. We'll have more episodes when we return. Until next time, bottoms up. Thanks for listening to the Lush Life Podcast, the sister of a Lush Life Manual. For more information and links to everything you heard, plus a bit more, please visit alushlifemanual.com. Always remember the wise words of Oscar Wilde, all things in moderation, including moderation. And always drink responsibly. Okay, I said that last part. Theme music is by Stephen Shapiro and used with permission. Lush Life is produced by Evo Terra. And I'm your hostess, Susan Schwartz. I'll see you at the bar.